This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shot Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by... Austin Face and Body, Independence Title, Appliances Now, St. David's South Austin Medical Center, Hat Creek Burger Company, Hobart Auto Group, Harway Appliances, Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's Joe Taylor with another episode of Shap of the Week. Well, visiting with our Shap of the Week, Judson Crockett, senior captain. And of course, you know, when you talk about Judson Crockett this year, we have to mention the punt blocks. We're not going to wait. We're going to jump right into it because it has become, Judson, on your watch. And, of course, you and Rhett and the rest of the guys on, on I'll say, punt return team. It's technically started to become more of a punt block, block team. team. Yeah. But what is it about special teams this year that they've been a weapon before? This is nothing new under Blake Dunham. But this year specifically, what is the vibe? really all started last year with just watching those guys go after it and me and red just like sitting back there eager to go and now this year it's i mean it's it's our special teams so where i mean i'm just going out there ready to get the ball back at every single play i want the ball so nine punt blocks last year and you start thinking about school records and punt blocks something that never really comes up in a conversation but now your name is etched in in Westlake football history, and that's saying something when it comes to anything done here. It doesn't matter what it is, but punt blocks in a season that's a that's a special record to have because those things don't happen all the time. I didn't even think of it until it was mentioned that I was I had was tied for the record. So I mean, it's really just another thing to go after, and just another more motivation. It's just really cool to have. Well, I think also the the motivating factor has got to be well, man. I want to make sure that nobody else gets yeah, it. Yeah, like how high can I get it? I don't want anyone taking that too. Your running mate back there is Ty Ingramizer. And, and one of the things that I've always said over the course of the years, what's the difference between a Westlake defensive back and everybody else? And I said, neck up, smartest players on the field, Judson Crockett and Ty Ingramizer, guys that understand not just, and we see this at the collegiate level because, you know, people ask me all the time, how is Michael Taft playing for the University of Texas? How does he have two picks in back-to-back games? What is it about him that, that makes him so special? And I said, when you know where you're supposed to be and know where everybody else is supposed to be, that handles a lot of the problem before the ball even snapped. For me, it's really, I mean, being the free safety on the field, I kind of have to see the whole field and coming through this program and playing all those different positions in the defensive backfield really just, gave me a better understanding. So me and Ty both have played more than three positions in the same defense. So I think it's just understanding for these other positions. It just makes everything flow together better. Do you like playing safety or do you like playing corner? Where's the preference for you? I mean, I really, I love it all. I don't, I don't have a preference. Some games, obviously when they're not throwing anything to me, it's more fun to be in the action. So uh, anywhere on the field is fun and wherever the action is, is where I prefer. So five block punts in your career, four, this year, two in a game, you're tied with the Mays brothers for for that one game. And, you know, you think about all of the things that have happened in the past three, four years on special team, but specifically in the last two. And you go back to the state championship year in 2021 where you were a sophomore on that team. That whole vibe started then where you realized, you know, you blocked a field goal last year. You know, so there's there's a lot of opportunity. And what I think a lot of people forget is that you blocked a field goal and then scored. <laughs> so there's there's all these moments where number four has been in the middle 
of some exciting plays. And what Coach Salazar always calls it, game-changing plays. Is it something that you can feel on the sidelines after it's happened? It for sure makes a huge difference. I mean, getting the ball when they just punt it to us and we fair catch, it's just like going through the motions. But when you know that the ball, like, is out there for grabs and it's vulnerable. When we do something to put it on our side, everyone on the sideline feels it, and it just gives our offense more momentum, really. I used to think the most devastating play in football was was a pick six. I'm starting to think that a punt block is, especially a punt block and a scoop score like you had with Heath McCree. Take me through that play in your mind, because I know that there had been some things that y'all had to work on before that play happened at halftime. And normally you hear about teams, oh, you know, the guys always say, well, they're going to go in the locker room and and, and talk about making some adjustments. Right. You guys are going in and tweaking coverages and block schemes and attack schemes on special teams. Take us inside the locker room and, and tell us what those meetings are all about and how much input do you have? Yeah, that game specifically, we were, I mean, we had to adjust from, they were adjusting to us. So it's really just going back and forth, seeing what we can do and what we can't do. But they were moving guys down to block more of us up in the front. So we had to adjust off of that. And Coach John was saying, all right, you're going to go in this gap. We're going to try this gap. And we tried a little cross. And then on that play, all right, they're checking down because they don't want us to block it. We're going to go outside of them. And we ran it and we got there. I barely got through, but it went as planned. And every single time we go in the locker room making those adjustments, it's Coach Dunham knows exactly what wants to happen, and we go and try to make the same thing happen. And really, as long as we execute, it's what happens. It's a schematic that I don't think a lot of people think about. It's not something that's on a fantasy football radar. It's not something that people are actively watching. And Jake Helms put it perfectly. He's like, you know, no one watches special teams until somebody screws up. Exactly. And, and, and it's funny to think about how y'all are the unsung heroes, but you often think sometimes that special teams, when they are elite, and I would use that word, you don't. what I saw last week against Bowie is that response, even when you don't get through. There were moments in the Bowie game where you could have had punt block number five. I mean, there's a couple where your fingertips are right there. So I think also that threat, I would think you would experience on the field. Can you sense it? Definitely. Those shield players, when they're standing there looking at four of us run full speed at them, it's, you can see it in their eyes that sometimes they're worried about it. Sometimes they're calling over an extra guy. They're all freaking out pre-snap. In the buoy game specifically, yeah. like We felt that we put enough pressure on him to where he was making those shanks because of us. So I think us getting there just full speed running into the shield always puts something in their head. And it makes fourth down fun. I mean, I think that's also something that the defense looks at as a member of the defense. Because, you know, special teams is kind of fun for everybody because you have both offensive guys and defensive guys. It's a true representation of, of the entire team on special teams, especially in that unit, because you're dealing with guys who just really, truly understand how important fourth down can be. People talk about offensive football all the time, but, you know, 62 points, uh, you got to give some love to the guys on the other side of the ball and on special teams, you know, for, for that number to make sense. Yeah, it's Coach Salazar stresses it every day and every game that we need to give the, our offense the ball inside the 50 at least three times. So field position is everything. Field position is everything on special teams, too. It's the whole reason why we're going after these punts just to get better field position. So, I mean, even during the game, it makes such a different change in energy when we're starting the ball inside the 50 compared to just a fair catch touchback. And for those of you that want to understand the goal board in its simplicity, the reason why you want to start on the plus side of the field at least three times, there's that goal of 14 points allowed. If you get on the plus side of the field three times, there's a better chance of you scoring 21 points. I tell people all the time, the goal board at Westlake has changed the way I watch football, the way that I enjoy it as a fan at the college 
Clemson pro level. That team didn't make it past the 30-yard line. That team returned it past the 30-yard line. All of these little nuances of, of football where you just identify the plan to win is. Now that you're just the seasoned vet, team captain, you've come through this this program, Judson, how big is that goal board for everybody to just stay on the same page? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It allows everyone to just do their job and to make sure that we get stuff done. When you break up the game into that many pieces, it's really easy to just say, okay, we can check this off, we can check this off. And at the end of the day, the score will be on your side no matter what. So it definitely just makes it easier for everyone to just put their eyes on a specific goal instead of just saying, no, we're going to go out there and whoop ass. When you look at guys at the next level that are that are doing the things that, that Michael Taff is, is doing currently, guys like Leo Lowen, when you think of college football, we've got shaps all over the place. You can talk about Cade, you can talk about Jaden, all, the, all these wonderful players that have, that have come through during your time. The legacy of the defensive back room is such a big deal at Westlake. This is not something that you can take lightly. This is something that's incredibly important. And it's something I know that you and Ty and Denim are trying to carry this 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 legacy with and, and even try to raise up the bar that's already incredibly high, just a little bit higher. When I'm growing up watching these kids from the past play on the team and just my brother including playing uh, DB, it's just it's always been the position that I'm watching. So it's definitely something that I want to carry on, something that I want our boys to always be strong DBs. I've I mean we, we don't allow points here and that's it's a big deal about it. It's just that we can fly around and we make plays and that's that's what we're trying to hold on to. You experienced the Bowie game as fans, as a, as a family in Westlake, and you, you saw Bowie beat Westlake. And I think what we saw last week was a culmination of what changed before you and your brothers entered this, this program. Fast forward to your time as a senior playing Bowie, 22 yards of offense allowed, 0 for 15 on third down, three consecutive shutouts against Bowie. Since you've been in the mix in the defensive backfield, Bowie has not scored a point. As a senior, just said, we don't allow points around here. You're not lying. You don't. And and I think the Bowie game is one of those moments in the season where you can kind of look and say, we beat Lake Travis, we beat Dripping Springs, we're heading into playoffs. Bowie's kind of our, our, our final test to see where we are. Where in your mind do you think you are right now? As a, as a team, yeah. I think definitely we are, I mean, this is our dress rehearsal for the playoffs and this is just us dotting the i's crossing the t's but i think we're ready and the whole team as long as we feel together we're always ready for any challenge so as long as we're together we're getting better every day at practice and i mean the last 10 games have seemed like a blur so still feels like the beginning of the season but it also feels like we've been together long enough to where we can do it coach salazar calls you the silent assassin you don't talk much but i'm wondering your play is definitely part of your leadership qualities what are the things that you think you do well as a captain do the best i can to make this team better so i mean just representing all the boys and working hard it's all that it takes to lead a team to make them see what seeing the guys go through here before and seeing what it takes to win it's definitely a lot of work and so i'm trying to put all the good thoughts into the boys heads to just work hard keep your head down and go to work 61 seniors man it's it seems surreal that that your group when you came in as freshmen it was awkward i talked to carson campbell about this last week it's it's got to be a gut punch coming in and expecting one thing and getting another and then having the sophomore season start shock shock you're on varsity it gets real in a hurry the last four years you mentioned the season's been a blur i'm with you it feels like we're still in august it's, at some points it still feels like we're just rushing to get to the end of the season to get to the playoffs but in the end Judson, you know rewind 
it just a little bit because your journey has started in a, in a very unorthodox fashion. And then you had the, the rush of being a varsity player as a sophomore, something that doesn't happen all that often. But now that you're a senior and you kind of understand your role on the team and your role as a captain, describe what that feels like from where you started to where you are now. It's definitely a lot of emotion. I mean, eighth grade, I didn't even play. I had a broken ankle. Freshman year, I was just dying to get back on the field. And, but I was on the freshman team still, not on varsity, obviously. So just trying to prove something. I played that whole season, and then I broke my collarbone after the freshman season. So I was just in and out of these injuries, and I just wanted to get back on the field. Going from one season of freshman football to getting pulled up on varsity, it was definitely just like a switch in my head where I knew, like, this is what I want to do. It's time to, it's time to work. And, like, these are the boys that, like, I'm going to be going to state with. So in your head, you just get so much more into the team, and you just – care so much more about the team than going obviously from a sophomore to a junior it becomes more of my team so now as a senior everyone is one with the team and like we've come a long way you know it's it's different when you have three brothers you know some people have one they have a they have a brother that comes through the program or it's different with you because you're kind of in it watching your older brother and then now you're the older brother watching west come in and being bigger playing a different position but still playing on defense you know, what's that like being the guy in the middle to, to kind of idolize what was going on in your brother's world, then living it, now knowing and, and trying to leave a legacy for, for your younger brother? It's the ideal position in my head to be in because I get to experience, like, what I'm expecting from Jax. I mean, he went through all four years, and he was with the varsity three of the years. So I definitely wasn't shocked when I was getting into it, but it, it prepared me for the change. So I was just already in it basically. And then looking back at my little brother, it's just showing him what to expect. And it's like, he's already gone through five years of it because he's just used to us getting up at four thirty in the morning, him waking up an hour after and everyone's out of the house already. So <laughs> he's, I mean, he's used to it, but uh, having him coming after is just more reason for me to just try to put more out there for people coming after me. Final thought. I know a lot of people can talk about Westlake football and, and, and put a team on a pedestal. Guys like you will talk about Westlake football and be real. The honest answer is going into playoffs. I think Coach Salazar mentioned this. He said, you know, you roll into Johnson for your last regular season game, and you know it's a big deal. And and they know they're not going to the playoffs, so it's a it's an opportunity for you to kind of look at it and go, guys, they have absolutely nothing to lose, and we want our name on a trophy. Who wants it more? Does that create that spark that you need to be able to wrap this district championship up? I think for me, it definitely does. I mean, we don't want to share that trophy with anybody, and especially not Drip. So everyone needs to have that mindset. And it's also just like another game, though. Like, we're going to lay it all out, and we're not, we don't want to give them anything. So the fact that it is for the trophy, I think it definitely makes, gives us a little boost, but we're where we want to be. He's Judson Crockett, our Shop of the Week. Thanks so much for doing this. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jeff. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shack Club and part of the Westlake Nation media network. This is Westlake Nation.